Listen, I get it. You like saving in Bitcoin. But check this out. You can actually complement your HODL position by investing in Bitcoin startups. If you want additional upside and enjoy learning about angel investing, you should check out Lightning Ventures. Lightning Ventures is a great way to stack real equity in Bitcoin-only companies. They've invested in businesses you've heard about on this show, including Azteco, CrowdHealth, and Swan Bitcoin. And Lightning Ventures makes it easy to get started in the world of early stage investing. The minimum investment is only $1,000 per deal, and you only invest in the deals that make sense to you. So if you want to get a behind the scenes look at the startups you know and love, if you want a chance to support their growth, and if you want another opportunity to profit as the Bitcoin ecosystem develops, check out the 60 second application in the show notes to get started today in building a world that runs on better money. It doesn't just bring customers up and send them out the door. It does time tracking of employees It interfaces with your accounting software. Uh, it interfaces with shopping carts. It um, has deep reporting um, that you can find, um, you know, trends in your sales. So you can see, okay, we have busy hours between 9 and 11 and 3 to 5. So we need better staffing. Welcome to the Business Bitcoinization Show, the show dedicated to helping you enrich your life and grow your business with Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth. I'm your host, Josh Friedemann, and our guest today is Doug Morton, who's the founder of BTC Retail X, a point of sale that includes pricing and sats and a variety of Bitcoin payment rails and features. Doug built computers as a teen and transitioned into corporate tech support before becoming a tech consultant focused on point of sale and accounting consulting. He's a board member of the South Carolina Emerging Tech Association that took South Carolina's elected state treasurer to El Salvador in 2022 to learn about Bitcoin usage in El Salvador. Doug has been to El Salvador three times to support Me Premier Bitcoin and test students on Bitcoin to receive their Bitcoin diploma. Doug runs the South Carolina Bitcoin Blockchain Conference held in October in Charleston, South Carolina has been in Bitcoin since 2017 and currently runs the Charleston Bitcoin meetup. If you have questions about point of sale for your business, I think you're going to enjoy today's interview. And if you're going to be at Bitcoin 2023, look for Doug and the South Carolina Emerging Tech Association at their booth in the bazaar. Now, before we get to our interview with Doug, we do have this week's Bitcoin meetup spotlight. And this week it is the Charleston Bitcoin meetup. The Charleston Bitcoin Meetup is a group for anyone interested in the new financial technology called Bitcoin. They meet every second Saturday at noon at Common House Aleworks. Show up to ask questions, teach others, talk about new ideas, or just sit back and listen. They're extremely excited to meet and maybe even help create new Bitcoin enthusiasts. And if you're new to Bitcoin, they'll even give you a free copy of the Little Bitcoin Book so you can start out with a simple overview of Bitcoin. You can find them on Twitter at Bitcoin underscore CHS or at BitcoinCharleston.org. And if you don't happen to be in the Charleston area but want to find a Bitcoin meetup near you, I encourage you to download the Oshi app where you'll be able to do just that. Now, we're going to get to our interview with Doug right after this. Business owners, unlock the benefits Bitcoin has to offer your business with the Bitcoin for Business Quick Start Guide. This 27-page guide highlights the six ways you can grow your business with Bitcoin. Check it out in the show notes. Doug, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I'm 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 excited. I'm getting on the, the podcast trail now, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to this. 
Perfect. Well, I like to start off every single interview with a few questions that help us to get to know you a little bit better and give us some insight for our own lives. Are you ready for these? Yes, let's go. When and how did you first learn about Bitcoin? Realistically, it happened. It was in 2017. And um, but I tried for the life of me to look for an email account from uh, 2010, 2011 um, that I think had Bitcoin in it at one point or received mm. for maybe a couple. And because um, I remember talking about it way back then, because I've always been a techie. I've been a techie all my life. And, you know, from hacking computers as a teenager to building them to, you know, what I do new. Um, but there, I, apparently I gave up a domain name a while back. And I think my email that was associated with, with that disappeared. And uh, so, say la vie. Um, so the reality, though, is that 2017, I really first heard about it during the bull market run and um, promptly put it to the side and started mining Ethereum. And um, just because I didn't know, I, I didn't know anything about it. It was getting expensive compared to, you know, the altcoins out there and, and Ethereum. And um, somebody had gotten me into an Ethereum miner and I spent like $800 and promptly within six months sold every piece of it because it would crash mm. every week. And uh, I think I started day trading and uh, altcoins trying to find utility out of them. And would be up all night looking at screens, you know, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 5 a.m., trying to see what China's doing to see if I can play the volatility, all the while trying to find utility, excuse me, out of these altcoins, thinking that um, I would make money for the company that built shovels, like, you know, for the gold rush. You know, if you provide the hardware, you know, that's the infrastructure and maybe there'll be money in there. Uh, the reality is that these altcoins i mean i got i got wrecked multiple times i i remember um a couple of coins that i was following got hacked and lost hundreds of thousands of dollars and these are all like small little you know four or five person teams that were doing this and so i quickly realized that their security was only as good as the developer's experience and you know frauds out there and and bad programming is out there and these people didn't know what the heck they were doing. Um, and, and all, I mean, not just the one that I was focusing on, but multiple times people were getting burned. And this was during the ICO craze too. And so at one point, uh, Dergigi had, um, I'd followed him on Twitter uh, from the early days. And um, he had sent uh, a tweet out that basically said, hey, uh, if you are up all night, and you're up all day and you're staring at a screen looking at, you know, red and green candles and you're stressed out about money. You're probably in this for the wrong reason. And I was like, the light bulb went off and I was like, yeah, this kind of sucks. <laughs> uh, what, what's this Bitcoin thing that you're talking about on Twitter? And uh, so I, I, I read his stuff first and I believe it was the 21 lessons at that time. And um quickly went down the rabbit hole i mean like it, it was like a oh there you go this is this is the way and um just started reading everything and started following and and getting into it uh you know it took a couple of years though i said i think i really got into bitcoin where i consider myself uh you know getting to a pleb status 2019 and around that area is where i started ramping up and then getting involved in the merchant tech association that i'm part with and then the bitcoin meetups 
which I had been going to, but now, you know, I've been the leader of it for a year and a half. So yeah, it's been about six years of uh, hard work and I'm trying to understand this you know, technology. So plenty for us to talk about there and hopefully we'll bring up some more of it later on in the interview. But now we have question number two, which is this, what's an insight or fact about Bitcoin that you wish everyone understood? Uh, insight would probably be the empowerment that it provides people. Uh, you know, the fun that's out there, like, you know, Elizabeth Warren stuff and the IMF and, you know, they're all at first on some kind of agenda, uh, which is not Bitcoin. It's, you know, whatever they're trying to do, whether it's control or they, maybe they actually think they're down, going down the right path. Who knows? Um, but what I see when I've done my travels through El Salvador and then I start doing research with people that are in Africa and seeing how they've been manipulated by the dollar, by the colonial franc, by, you know, inflation, by, you know, what have you, the powers that be, uh, and see that when people start actually learning about Bitcoin at these grassroots levels and actually can use it as a method of exchange, as a store of value, as a, you know, a ledger, um, the empowerment that it provides people, the freedom, and the, all of a sudden the, you know, the light turns on, they're like, this is amazing. I, I can actually send money to somebody digitally across the country where I would have had to take a five hour bus ride and be, you know, subject to gang violence, ro you know, ro robbery on this bus, as opposed to, you know, or not having a bank uh, for, you know, dirty fiat. <laughs> uh, so yes, I'd, I'd go with empowerment. Question number three is this. What's the Bitcoin resource you most recommend to other people? Uh, as you can see on my shoulders, I've got two. I've got Little Bitcoin Book and Bitcoin in the American Dream. Hmm. This was after years of trying to find something that was easily digested uh, by, you know, no coiners. And, um, and it's kind of funny because I think I was, uh, I, I kind of think I had blinders on because uh, I'm a techie. And I got it. I understood Bitcoin uh, as soon as I started reading the Bitcoin standard and started handing that out to people. You know, it's a $20 book, $30 book, and uh, would hand out a Bitcoin standard book. And invariably, it would get handed back to me um, by a lot of people because they're like going, yeah, this is a little too much for me. I said, well, I get it because it's, you know, seven chapters of the history of money. And then, you know, the rest of it starts segueing into Bitcoin. And um, so I was like, okay, I understand that. Uh, let's try the next one, Layered Money by Nick Batia. Uh, a, a great book. And uh, I love the book. I'd start handing that out thinking, okay, maybe this will help. Nope. Get the same thing back. They'd hand it back and say, this is a little too over my head. And I was like, okay, let's, let's go out and get 20 different Bitcoin books and start and see if this will help. And so that ended up coming on to a little Bitcoin book. Um, it's what hundred pages, I think written to be non-techy, uh, easily digested and you know, they're only $10. And so that's the one that we actually give out at our Bitcoin meetups now. And, uh, so people come up, they read it, they like it. Uh, we ask for a donation if they want to, uh, if it provides value and uh, otherwise we give them away for free. Bitcoin in the American dream, uh, we're giving out to legislators and, um, uh, politicians and people who are creating regulation because we we deal with that as part of our profit nonprofit trade association and um that book 
talks more about uh, use cases, real world use cases of Bitcoin and how it can empower people uh, without all the techno jargon of, you know, of a deeper book. So we've, I actually just had to order a batch of both because we've got two, two different initiatives uh, coming up here where we're actually going to go to a county um, committee meeting and and talk about bitcoin because they're trying to you know i think they were trying to ban in one county in north carolina we don't we don't want to air and uh so this that's part of our outreach so little bitcoin book and a bitcoin in the american dream question number four beyond bitcoin what is a tool resource or idea that's been helpful to you or your business recently so that was a tougher uh a tougher question for me to think about a little bit um you know i it actually comes down to uh, recently I was at Pleb Lab in Austin and uh, was part of the uh, startup pitch day. Uh, I was invited out there to announce uh, B2B Retail Act. And um, they took a look at my pitch deck and it was incredibly boring. I look at it in hindsight. Um, it was, uh, you know, it was like a, a template from uh, Google Spreadsheets or whatever it is. And um, it was incredibly boring. And so Carr over at Pleb Labs, like, uh, dude, uh, you need to go to Canva and, and, and see what they have for templates because it'll, it'll rock. And sure enough, Canva is the mm. most recent tool. Um, so I ended up getting a, a, a deck redesigned and, uh, uh, you know, with the whole story of BTC Retail X and, um, and what we're looking to do to grow the company. And so Canva, I think it's canva.com. Um, it was very cool. So our final question, we call it our arbitrary but insightful question is this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? Generally for me, I think it's why not. Um, I don't like being told no uh, because most people just think of it as, a, you know, it's a carte blanche answer. You know, the first thing out of their head is, nope, don't want to do it. It's like, why not? <laughs> it's uh, It comes down to, you know, if, if somebody says no right off the bat and they're doing it because they don't even know anything that you're talking about, you know, the, mm. they're not educated or they're not, um, you know, they're doing it out of fear or, you know, not knowing what their future is. Um, that's why you'd have to ask, well, why not? Because, mm. um, you know, one of the things that, and I don't think I actually ever saw the movie where it was Tom Hanks or whoever it was, uh, said, you know, they, they said, we're going to answer yes to every question during the day. Now we're going to say no. I can't remember what it was. It was like 20 years ago. And yeah. um, I've actually tried to do that um, and, and, and try to look a little deeper. Um, and that would actually be why we tell Salvador three times last year. Um, I got asked to go in May of last year, April, I think, uh, by Carlos Torriello of Ibex. It was a 10 days notice. And I was like, going, the, that little devil was on my shoulder. And uh, I said, nah, it'll be expensive. It'll, you know, you don't really know what's going on down there other than, you know, you, you've heard of Bitcoin Beach. And, um, and it's, you know, like I said, 10 days away, I'll have to achieve my schedule, figure it all out. And uh, within about a minute, I was like, no, get, get out of here. Um, this will be amazing. Let's do it. I would say it was life changing. I said, mm -hmm. why not? Uh, go down to El Salvador, hang out with them see what they're doing on the ground, uh, Bitcoin Beach, meet Premier Bitcoin, um, and ended up building relationships with people from all the way down to grassroots level, all the way up to top levels of government in El Salvador, to you know, people that are actually 
using it and working with it and trying to promote it. And um, yeah, I would say, why not? And I didn't. And I went. <laughs> Meet Linkster, your premier Bitcoin-focused advisor. Linkster caters to businesses, institutions, family offices, and high net worth individuals. They merge your unique financial goals and needs with Linkster's Bitcoin expertise to craft your own sustainable plan to preserve and grow the value of your hard-earned profits and retained earnings. And Linkster is not just advice, it's tailored execution. Connect directly with the founder by visiting Linkster.com. That's L-Y-N-C-S-T-E-R. Com. Linkster, secure your future with Bitcoin. Today's episode of Business Bitcoinization is proudly brought to you by Vellus Commerce, where the future of business technology meets Bitcoin. As we journey through the era of Bitcoin and its transformational impact on businesses, there's one name that stands out. Vellus Commerce. Whether you're looking to build a cutting-edge website, a seamless mobile app, or custom software, Vellus is your go-to team. They've been diving deep into the world of Bitcoin since 2014, making them one of the most experienced groups for integrating Bitcoin and Lightning payments into a variety of digital platforms. But here's what truly sets them apart. Vellus Commerce doesn't just build. They bring a wealth of knowledge to ensure your project success from day one. Their team understands the nuances of Bitcoin, ensuring that your business stays ahead of the curve. And for all business Bitcoinization listeners out there, Vellus Commerce is offering a free consultation to kickstart your project the right way. So if you're ready to future-proof your business in the coming age of hyper-Bitcoinization, head over to VellusCommerce.com or reach out on Twitter at Vellus Commerce. Let's make sure your business thrives in the Bitcoin era. Excellent. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to be said for staying open to possibilities. So Doug, we're here today to talk about your business, BTC Retail X. So there are plenty of directions we can go, but could you just give us a brief overview of the business and what you're looking to do? My background is retail point of sale, and I've been selling point of sale systems for 15, 17 years, something like that. I was never happy with the 800-pound gorilla mentality of the Fortune 500 companies that sell it. Uh, so Microsoft was in the game, uh, NCR, um, uh, QuickBooks, Intuit QuickBooks. And uh, although I was a reseller for both Microsoft and QuickBooks, uh, they all just kind of just said, here, here's a product, good luck, hope you like it. And uh, maybe we'll fix a bug along the way. You can submit it if you choose, but I don't know if we'll ever get to it. And so I never really liked that answer. And so years, many years ago, I was like, oh, and I want to build my own point of sale system. Um, but I never really had the impetus to do it. Um, you know, it was kind of, I knew it'd be a, there would be a pretty decent expense, you know, hiring the devs and putting it all together. And um, it ended up coming down to once I got into the Bitcoin thing and uh, Bitcoin became legal tender in El Salvador in 21, I was like, wow, I, I have a niche that I can fit here. And, um, I was like, let me do some research. And so within six months, I had a platform. Uh, basically, um, you know, there's 10, 20 open source point of sale systems out there. And um, I remember doing the research on them several years prior. And these were some systems that have been uh, deprecated and were lost in, you know, on GitHub. And no one ever updated them. Um, but I went and started testing a lot of them and whittled them down to three different systems. And then finally picked one that I ended up basically rebranding, supercharging, redesigning the UX and um, building a point of sale system that 
it has now turned into a store management system. So it's, it, it doesn't just ring customers up and send them out the door. It, um, it does time tracking of employees. It inter interfa interfaces with your accounting software. Uh, it interfaces with shopping carts. It um, has deep reporting um, that you can find, um, you know, trends in your sales. So you can see, okay, we have busy hours between 9 and 11 and 3 to 5. Mm. So we need better staffing. And it's also hardware agnostic. So I built it to work on just about any hardware device. So it could be, you know, on, on someone's cell phone in El Salvador, which everybody has a smartphone down there. Yeah. And, you know, or it can be on your iPad or it can be on a, a standard PC uh, point of sale system that you see at any retail store you go to now or on, a, you know, on the tablet systems that are popular. And um Tried to make it as easy as possible and design it to be intuitive to use. So everything is like right up front. You know, if you need to look up a customer's history, you need to look up and see what their credit line is if you provide that. If you want to print price tags immediately, um, all of that can is front and center and easy access. And um, but the whole goal originally was to basically provide this to companies in El Salvador um, because, you know, with legal tender being down there, uh, the Fortune 500 companies were forced to switch over to accept Bitcoin. Um, you know, NCR is down there and a couple others that, that, you know, that they put into place point of sale in McDonald's, Pizza Hut, Starbucks, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, it was technically a voluntary uh, thing for smaller businesses to do it. And, um, so over the last year that I've been going there, I've actually seen more businesses starting to accept it, even the super selecto grocery store, where the first time I went there, they're like, what's, what's Bitcoin? Uh, to now they're taking lightning pages. Um, mm. Not with my point of sale system, sadly, but uh, you know that was the goal was to do it there. The associated thing that we were trying to do was help with the remittance market here. Um, so if I can get these point of sale systems into Hispanic grocery stores or, um, mm. you know, uh, meat markets or gas stations, what have you. Um, and then they could do remittance back to El Salvador, which they can do, go to anywhere now. I mean, it's there, you know, Ibex is doing a big push in Mexico uh, for lightning liquidity. And uh, so I'm actually trying to hit that market too. So not just, not just El Salvador, greater Central America, as well as Mexico down to South, uh, South America. And it's translated in two languages right now. Technically, the software is translated in a variety of languages, but the Bitcoin portion of it is in Spanish and English right now. Um, although I've been asked for it in German, I have a translator work on that. So you've mentioned Ibex a couple of different times. How does BTC Retail X interface with that? What's the connection between the two? Because it seems like you know, at, at first glance, there might be a bit of a competition between the two, but it sounds like, uh, in your view, they, they're two offerings that work in tandem. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, basically I built BTC retail app. The reason BTC is in it for Bitcoin is because it accepts it in a variety of different ways. And so Ibex is, is a payment rail within the system. Um, and you know, BTC pay servers in it, open note is connected to it. Um, there's a wide variety of uh, interfaces, like 14 different Bitcoin interfaces. Uh, BitPay uh, is part of it. Um, Azteco, um, you've heard of, you know, Azteco's Bitcoin vouchers, they're built into the system. And so uh, the flow for Bitcoin, you know, and you can see it priced in local currency as well as in SATs. 
uh, and that flows from the sales screen to the receipt to reports. Um, and so that's where the Bitcoin portion of it comes into play. Uh, with Ibex, though, um, it's kind of a special relationship with them. I um, They were the ones that brought me down to El Salvador originally um, for me, Premier Bitcoin's um, initial graduation class last uh, May. And, um, and so I was able to hang out with their developers and their upper management and build a relationship. And so I, I integrate several different parts of Ibex into the system, uh, Ibex Pay, Ibex Hub, and um, which Ibex Hub is a pretty cool product because it's kind of like a community bank that they provide um, and it allows me to build wallets for my own customers that are managed. So it is a, it is a, it is a custodial thing, but um, it's, you know, there's always that argument, self-custody or custody. And my belief, though, is that, you know, if we're going to be orange pilling uh, people out there in the greater world, uh, custody is going to be part of the conversations if those people are not necessarily going to want to uh, manage their funds. And so, you know, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully we're going to, you know, build relationships with reputable companies that are going to be, you know, able to do this on the up and up. <laughs> so, and and I, I believe Ibex is one of those companies. Um we, uh, I, I, we don't, we're not competitors. Uh, we work hand in hand together. Uh, they are going to be um, announcing my, my software as being compa- uh, a compatible product with their offerings. Um, they do have a rudimentary point of sale, but um, right now it's just basically a glorified wallet uh, where, you know, a pupuseria or a, a taco stand or whatever, food trucks, they can have the Ibex pay wallet and um, i'm sure they'll be building some enhancements so they'll have touchscreen interface with products that you know, a vendor selling but we're, we're not competitors and i never really thought that um you know even when i was selling traditional point of sale i never considered um you know microsoft or ncr uh, or enterprise companies my competitors either uh it was more along the lines yes they're out there but i have a different value structure a value proposition that i think um a store owner will would would appreciate one they're not dealing with corporate culture they're not dealing with um you know phone desks that are uncaring that don't know their story and now with me being able to do this for 15 years i've built many hundreds of relationships with my clients mm. that i can count on today that that loyalty is there and um kind of see that flowing with what they're trying to do in ibex as well Now, another question that I'm sure is going through business owners' minds right now is how this might work when it comes to their current point of sale. So is this something that has the capacity to um, replace or is it something that runs alongside of other points of sale that are more USD focused? How should business owners be thinking about that when it comes to BTC Retail X? On the surface, the greater part of this picture is that it is a full replacement system. So um, you know, it's, uh, it's a database, it's a web server. Um, and however, um, the software itself is agnostic and I can place it anywhere. So if, if a store owner has say a $5,000 investment on two point stale hardware systems, you know, uh, I would say 99% of the time we're going to be able to incorporate that, that hardware. So they're not going to have that outlay. Um, mm. and then we're also doing the conversion of data as well. Uh, might not be able to get customers' history because that that's new. usually those systems are all so disparate that transferring sales history 
is probably not going to happen. Um, but transferring database lists, customers, uh, products, suppliers, those kind of things, we can import that no problem. And uh, generally, do it for free. Uh, it's a, you know, it, we'll we'll have to review the spreadsheets, and if there's a lot of data massaging involved, then may have to charge a, a something minor. But uh, the reality is, is that it is a full service point of sale meant to replace existing systems. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, it comes in comes with it that it works as a traditional retail point of sale, but then it also has a zillion <laughs> cutting edge implementations sure. that. Fortune 500 companies are scared to implement. Um, mainly, yep. they don't want to troubleshoot it. They don't want to deal with it. And um, we've all been about, you know, my my dad and I, you know, we're we're throwing stuff in here that we know works. Do ETC pay servers been out for years and it works works great. Um, and they keep putting new enhanced needs that we, you know, that we we put in as well. And what we do a lot of runtime as well, so we we know how how things work. And um, and then we also know how you know. Being Bitcoiners, we also know how to get it. You know, if you want to be self-sovereign completely, we can do that. So you would throw a start nine embassy server on the back end and you can have your wallet there and you'll have privacy, self-sovereignty. Um, but if you need a handhold or you need a blended situation, you know, we'd probably put you on a voltage node um, because, you know, they got clear net and it's easy to communicate fast. Um, so, yeah, so from the point of sale standpoint, uh, it's basically a replacement. Now, we do have other tools, though. So if you want to facilitate uh, remittance market software, then we could probably add that as a plug-in uh, to your existing system. Uh, a lot of the systems that are out there are open on the back end. We can talk to them. Um, just depends. You mentioned a few minutes ago that you're able to integrate with a, a lot of the the main systems. I'm wondering if you could, you know, just just for the business owner out there who's listening right now saying, hey, what's the, what's the easiest way for me to take this next step before I necessarily jump on, you know, go all in? What are some of those uh, larger brands that people tend to use that your system can integrate very effectively with? Primarily, I know Microsoft's, um, their old point of sale system and their old RMS system, both have been into life, um, but they're still out there. I run into them fairly regularly. Uh, those are completely open. Uh, they, they, they're on standard SQL databases, and so we can access that, no problem. Uh, QuickBooks is also QuickBooks point of sale and QuickBooks accounting we can definitely talk to. Uh, NCR, on the other hand, they pretty much lock things down. So, um, you know, they don't want to play with others. <laughs> um, but uh, pretty much most systems have some kind of export routine where we can at least get the basics, their product list. So if you've got 40,000 items in your database and don't want to type them in manually on a new system, totally get you. And uh, we can pretty much help with that. Uh, so Sage, Sage Accounting, Sage, um, yeah, they're, they're, they've got a point of sale system on top of their accounting software. Um, and that's a that's a large accounting package. We can definitely pull that data. Great. Well, that, that's very helpful. Hopefully it'll give people some things to begin thinking about. So if if a conversation with you feels like the right thing at a certain point in time, they'll at least have a little bit uh, of perspective when they come into that conversation. I do want to talk to you a little bit about the South Carolina Emerging Tech Association that you helped to lead. Could you talk a little bit about that? And uh, I don't know, maybe some things that people, business owners should be thinking about when it comes to emerging tech. Yeah, the, the Emerging Tech Association, South Carolina Emerging Tech Association. I'm a I'm a board member, and um, 
we we focus on three main things, but it expands to like 20 different tech technologies. Um, but uh, education uh, on, on Bitcoin is the number one thing that we do. So we meet with legislators, regulators, uh, business owners, uh, and the general public and teach Bitcoin, um, you know, its, its properties, why it's viable, why you should take it. Um, we are, are starting the process of actually having organized classes. Um, generally, we do it from grassroots level through meetups or face to face of meetings with, um, with, you know, like our state treasurer. You know, we had a meeting with him and showed him lightning payments last year. And we actually took him, Curtis Loftus, um, our elected South Carolina state treasurer to El Salvador uh, on a trade junket, basically, to go explore the Bitcoin economy down there. And that was all facilitated through our Emerging Tech Association, which was a registered lobbyist organization in the state. And so we also, besides the education, we uh, facilitate uh, good legislation, good regulation regarding Bitcoin. And, um, you know, t so that there are these people, regulators and politicians are uh, educated on Bitcoin mining, on energy usage, on uh, you know what Bitcoin is, why lightning is instant, uh, why you know Bitcoin might be on chain, might be some time lag, you know that kind of thing. The third thing we do is facilitate Bitcoin mining throughout the state. So we do some uh, site site planning, uh, do some bird dogging to find lo locations that have uh, energy available. Uh, we consult with uh, various groups. Uh, we were at a thirty-five million dollar um, uh, facility opening up in the Upstate. Uh, last fall and i think it was october or august somewhere around there and um where they took a small little piece of land that could not be developed for a warehouse it was like a chunk of uh, a third of an acre or something like that and um where they couldn't put in a warehouse area and we ended up being able to facilitate it to put a mining facility on it cement pads bringing trailers and um you know we had it was it was in the news and treasurer came out so that that's kind of the stuff that we do within the tech association. Uh, however, uh, it also is a little bit more, um, it's, it's not Bitcoin specific, uh, although that is a big part of this, maybe 90% of it. Um, there's other groups that we facilitate as well in the state that have interest in say NFTs and art, the art world um, with um, you know, uh, artificial intelligence, um, the tokenization of real estate assets, uh, so there's a wide variety of things that are going on. And um, my focus just tends to be the Bitcoin part. Well, Doug, I appreciate you sharing today. Uh, it's been very helpful and looking forward to future conversations. Where would you like for people to go if they want to find more about you and BTC RetailX? So the, um, the software site uh, for the point of sale is btcretailx.com. Uh, I am on Twitter um, as Bruce Bitcoin. It's B-R-E-W-S Bitcoin. And uh, where I talk about Bitcoin, beer, and technology. There's also a Nostr link, so if you're on Nostr. Um, but uh, BTC Retail X is the best place to find. You can make appointments on there so we can talk one-on-one, -on -one, uh, send me an email. Best way to get me. Great. Well, Doug, thanks so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Well, friends, it's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Business Bitcoinization Show. If you want to reach out to either me or Doug, you can find our links down in the show notes. And if you're looking for a point of sale for your business, consider BTC Retail X. As always, keep building, keep growing. And until next time, keep living and leading well. 
If you're a regular listener of the podcast, thank you. If you want to take a further step in your support for the show, you can help us grow by listening on Fountain, a value-for-value podcast app on iOS or Android. If you hear something you like that you disagree with or anything else, you can share it by sending some sats and adding a comment with your thoughts. Some of you have already done this, and I appreciate it. I'm going to begin reading your boosts on upcoming episodes, so if you have some insight or value to add, let the people know. Getting started with Fountain is easy. You can add Bitcoin to your Fountain wallet by using your fiat accounts or any lightning wallet and one of my favorite features is that once you're using the app you can earn sats just by listening on fountain check out the link in the show notes to get started with fountain today